0: Good morning and welcome to episode number 66 of Thyroid Nation Radio Live Talk Show and Podcast. I'm Tiffany Miladnich of GratefulGarden.biz.
2: And I'm Melissa Fitz filling in for Dana today.
0: <laughs> Dana's not feeling well, so we're sending her some very good well wishes. And uh, today we have a super exciting lineup. We're talking with gluten-free guru Jennifer Fugo about all things gluten-free. Also, if you've missed any of the Cyber Nation radio podcasts, you can super easy download and listen to them at your leisure on iTunes, Stitcher, and ACAST.
2: Jennifer Fudo is a certified health coach and founder of the fabulous Gluten-Free School. She's a sought-after expert about healthy, gluten-free living and has been a featured speaker on Dr. Oz, Yahoo News, eHow, CNN, Huffington Post, and Philadelphia Magazine, who even named her a Gluten-Free Guru. Jennifer hosts the popular Gluten-Free School podcast and has authored the Safi Gluten-Free Shopper, How to Eat Healthy Without Breaking the Bank, which is now available for purchase. We are very excited to have her with us today.
0: All right. It looks like she's already with us, so let's get this thyroid nation thriving. Good morning. How are you this morning?
1: I'm well. Thanks for having me.
0: Good morning. Can you hear us okay?
1: Yes. Can you guys hear me?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Loud and clear.
1: Oh, great. Good. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I've been looking forward to chatting with you all since we uh, got a date booked and um, and so much cool stuff, too. I know we have a lot to talk about, but I've been doing a lot of research in the last few days about some very timely stuff for the summertime. And I'm looking forward to sharing all that with uh, you, you guys and the, the listeners. Sounds fabulous.
0: Well, very cool. And I know Dana is just super disappointed. She is uh, fairly ill. so I know, right? <laughs> she was so excited because we totally need you, especially. <laughs> Melissa, I think, is already gluten-free, but Dana and I are like hanging on a limb. <laughs> we need to get no, jumped really, over.
1: Yeah,
2: it's really like not that? that hard.
1: And it's really not that hard. It's one of the biggest. And so I would say don't fret because it's one of the biggest things that people struggle with. It's like the the edge or that line where you need you're like I need to go gluten-free I know I need to do it and I'm really trying and I'm really trying and that line seems to be like so far between like one side and the other and like how do you span the two but really I think there are some fundamental principles about being gluten-free that are unfortunately very confusing if you don't have like it simply explained and once you get your mind wrapped around those few points. I think it's, it's much easier at that point to stick with like the gluten free train um, than (laughs) to feel like you're kind of falling off the wagon or anything like that to me, like this is my normal. I don't think about eating anything gluten-y because it's my life and, um I've constructed, I've intentionally constructed my diet and my lifestyle around a way that's most supportive of my health, which I know that that's what everyone strives for. So any tips that I can share that are helpful, I'm happy to, to share them with you.
0: Well, we are can we ready start to... start with your to... story?
1: <laughs> Sorry, please. please
0: No, that's all okay. right. <laughs> yeah, we would love to hear your journey.
1: Yes. Yeah, so basically I um, I'm an Italian american gal my uh i'm like the second or third generation here in the u.s so we still have relatives in italy and my family was big into gardening and all sorts of stuff so a lot of traditions carried from my great grandparents who came who immigrated here and i actually live in their house and so you know we ate pasta and like homemade pasta and bread and all sorts of stuff so like i was the epitome of like gluten-filled for most of my oh, life, glutenized. <laughs> yes, yes, I was totally glutenized for the majority of my life, and then in my mid twenties, I started to have health problems. Now, I will say this: there's a lot of things that I didn't realize were issues, um, like I had stomach problems, and I would, I, I, I would put stomach problems in quotes because I didn't realize it was my digestive tract, um, like further down, like small intestine and such that was having the problem. Like we all think like if I have tummy or digestive issues, it's in our stomach because that's the first thing we think of. But gluten issues right. aren't necessarily like in your stomach per se. Um, however, I had uh, chronic diarrhea for most of my life. I had chronic headaches for most of my life that I was able to alleviate thanks to gluten i just didn't know it at that time and so anyway i was going and exercising a whole lot i had doing was doing road biking and um like all these like martial art things and i was gaining weight and i didn't feel well and then we go out on a bike ride and i get really sick to my stomach and as i'm sure you can imagine there are no bathrooms that are easily accessible when you're out just riding your bike right um, and I was getting so fatigued. I would sleep to like 11 hours at night without being able to wake oh. up. So all these things oh, were piling God. up at 27 years old. Like that doesn't make sense. Like why you don't have energy, why you feel sick to your stomach all the time. And, um, the breaking point was this moment when I was sitting in a diner with a friend having a hamburger and I looked down at my food and I just felt so nauseated and disgusted and I, I don't know what it was specifically about that hamburger per se, but I remember there was a mirror, like you know how sometimes like those old fashioned diners are like kind of mirrored on the inside or they have like mirrored. Me- I looked up as I'm right. eating this hamburger right. and I'm like, I look horrible. And I'm like, why? Like, I'm ta- talking to all these people, they're going to festivals, and they're going and doing stuff, and, like, they're out. And, like, I didn't have any of the energy to do any of that. And I'm thinking to myself, what is wrong with me? Like, I, I, I feel like I'm 70, but I'm 27. And that's not right. So I started going to my family doctor. We ran labs, like, blood work and urinary labs, and everything came back normal. So he didn't know. And eventually, I... From talking to people, I was just very persistent in asking questions. I found out my cousin worked with a lot of holistic practitioners out in L.A., went to see – I went out to visit her where she hooked me up with a nutritionist who, in looking at my diet, was like, do you have an issue with gluten and i'm like i'm sorry i don 't know what that is. What do you mean gluten <laughs> i've never heard that word in my life and that was when my whole life started to change we did she did yeah. some functional tests on me and then asked me to keep gluten out for three weeks and get back to her Well, the first three after three days, my stomach uh, well, I say my stomach, but what I mean is digestive system was like so quiet because i the thing is, people think that everything is, like, you either have diarrhea, you have constipation, or that you're going to be fixed overnight, right. and that's not what happens. But the change was so remarkable in that, number one, I didn't have any headaches. Number two, my mood was so much better, and my husband was incredibly appreciative of that. And number three, <laughs> again, uh, my husband was thrilled about this, was that I no longer had terribly disgusting-smelling gas. Like, to the point where, like, he couldn't even be in the room with me or he'd be like, if you have to do that, go outside the room. Like, that's how bad. Like, I really felt bad and embarrassed. But I think, you know, nobody likes to talk about it. And, we, you know, like, I can make jokes about it and what have you. But the reality is, like, if you're in your home, okay, that's one thing. But when you think about, like, your family members are starting to, like, make comments and they can't stand to be around you because of right. because of that, or if you're out at a business meeting or you're traveling or you're out on the the or on, a transit plane. Or on a plane, any number sure. of things, and you're sure. so sick to your stomach, and then you're trying to hold that in, and the, the gas is bubbling up in your digestive tract, and it causes digestive pain. So that was such a, a huge change that I left it out and started to realize that that was not actually just gluten. It was gluten, dairy, eggs, the entire cruciferous family. So it includes things like broccoli, cauliflower, kale, and even the cashew family, which includes cashews, pistachios, and mangoes. And so I had this, like, laundry list of stuff that I had to take out of my diet for a significant period of time. And they were all, time. Foods, right? yeah. <laughs> were all your favorite foods, right? Yeah. They were all your favorite foods? And so, like, at the time, that was 2008. Like, the resources that people have now did not exist then. So my, my nutritionist gave me three websites, said, I'll talk to you in eight weeks. And I was like, for real? Like, what, how am I supposed to do this? There's no explanations. Like the books were terrible. Daunting. Seems like a
0: daunting yeah. task, right, at the time. So, yeah.
1: Right. So I went back it's to basics daunting. and I Right. So I said, all right, I need to go back to basics and I need to say, All right, well, to keep my food simple, what where is what is gluten in and what is it not? How do I understand how to how do you read labels to find gluten free products, which there weren't a whole lot of them at the time. Um, at
2: the time and
1: yes. how do I Explain this to people so that they don't think I'm crazy, but at the same time, I can't expect everybody to just like embrace me with open arms because okay. what I'm essentially doing, I mean, imagine for a second, you walk into a family, a traditional fam, Italian family Sunday dinner with pasta and all that stuff, and you're like, oh, I can't eat anything here. Um, can you make me this special pasta? And, oh, by the way, you have to use this <laughs> strainer that I brought. I have to bring a strainer with me now. So can you use this strainer that I brought with me? And you can't touch any of those wooden utensils on my food. And ooh, Don't don't put anything on that cutting board. Did you add any uh, flour to anything on this i mean like this is like the conversations that you have to have and it can you know i understand when people but in the italian
2: family i bet they right. they were in, almost insulted too i grew up in a french quebec yeah. household and food was right. almost a religion unto itself yes right so you were like, like insulting people when you didn't eat what they presented to you right
1: and so food mm. for many people don't real they don't realize how much it ties people together and families and communities together until all of a sudden you are this quote-unquote problem. You present this problem that they've never had to face before where now you upend their kitchen, you upend the process, and now you've got family members that are incredibly upset are resentful that you've shown up and now demanded that they accommodate your health right. problem, your quote unquote health problem.
0: It's not real. It's it's in your
1: okay. head. Got a
0: question for you, Jennifer.
1: How yeah, many please. times
0: did you hear from your family? Oh, honey, come on, really. Is this this is all in your head?
1: Oh Did you hear
0: lot. that a lot? Yeah, <laughs> and
1: actually can't my count. first so actually
0: you You're first making these things up, honey.
1: You just you just <laughs> need
0: to eat less or or exactly. you know. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. my
1: first Thanksgiving, a cousin of mine, um, actually, my cousin's husband, so my aunt, was amazing. She had asked ahead of time what she could do, what, what I couldn't do. She even went and found me a pre-made container of gluten-free lasagna because she was making regular oh, lasagna. Oh, sweet. That's so Yeah, <laughs> so nice. Um, and so I show up, and I'm, like, not eating certain things. And my cousin approaches me, and he is just like, I don't get it. What's going on with you? Like, and I explained, and he's like, that's all in your head. Why, why would you even like think that anyone's going to believe that you have some issue? Like made a whole big stink about it in front of the entire family. And I had not been gluten-free at that point. I would say that so I was in November and I went gluten-free in like February of that year. So I'd been gluten-free for a significant amount of time. And while it made me angry, I also felt bad for my cousin. I had sincere like sorrow for him because it made me realize that his unwillingness to believe me and his desire to like, quote, call me out in front of my family to make me look like an idiot was really Hmm. not about me. It was about him
0: and his inability
1: to show up and talk about things that might be respectful like he could have asked me questions he could have had a legitimate conversation but instead he diverted all attention on me because it's easier you know a lot of people are used to these bizarre dynamics where one person is more dominant than the other I'm Like, I got bullied a lot in high school and in grade school, so I'm very used to it. And I had been gluten-free long enough that at that point I did recognize that my cousin was very unhappy, and it likely had nothing to do with me. And that helped me not be mad at him, Um, and I didn't yell at him, I didn't carry on, I didn't make a scene. Um, now when people say things, which is very rare, but if they ever do, I'm like, oh, well, I guess you wouldn't want to deal with my chronic diarrhea tomorrow, right? I was just right. going to say you should have
0: grabbed by the hand and said, okay, I'm going to eat gluten for a week and you're going to follow me. And you're yeah. just going to yeah. say tape to me the whole time and see what a difference this makes. I mean, don't you wish cool. sometimes people could actually actually do that what's funny is is my gluten problems are not in my digestive tract at all it's all in the brain like my brain will shut off Mm -hmm. or i have trouble you know with cognition and all kinds of stuff you know but you wish that people could be you could just you know attach them to the fact that you can't recall words and you can't you know um and and it's invisible for most people so they don't they don't have any understanding of how really bad it can get
1: and i've noticed
2: Go ahead. I'm sorry, Jennifer. I've noticed that family that's the most resistant, or friends, not family in particular, but sure. those that are most resistant are usually the ones that are seeing that you're well, and they mm-hmm. feel yucky, and they yeah. don't want to have to live that lifestyle. And so right. they would rather make you feel bad and have you maybe say, oh, yeah, actually, it really doesn't work as well as I thought, and, like, take a step right. back so that they can be They're vindicated a of their of an choice right? Right. So they can be like, see, (laughs) so I don't need to do it because it's not going to help me. And I've noticed that resistance. Yeah.
1: The other thing I will say that I found to be effective, and I've shared with my email subscribers around the holidays, like I like to give tips because I know that people are inevitably going to be around family members and some, I mean, I have a lot thicker skin like I said, I mean, from having been teased for years by bullies and then realizing that the bully, that's always the only thing. The bully has no power unless you allow them to have the power. <laughs> so mm-hmm. as soon as you say something mm-hmm. back, like, you know, I i mean, like, I never say, I really try to never be nasty to that person because it doesn't, it's not going to solve the problem. But if you say something like, oh, do you want to have to deal with my stinky gas for the next two weeks? They're, they're <laughs> like, they're not expecting that. Um, if you can laugh at it, they, they, that's not the response that they're looking to elicit. Looking so right. what, I, what I always recommend, too, is if in realizing that a person is, like, kind of going at you and, like, trying to push a lot of buttons and make you upset, is to be like, you know – Hey Bob, um, thanks so much for being so concerned about my diet. I really appreciate the concern. Tell me what's going right. on with you, because it sounds like right, you have some right. stuff going on, and I'd really love to hear. So you kind of have to redirect, be the controller of the it, conversation, right. <laughs> and flip it about them. And if they They'll don't, link away. If they don't change, because most people want to talk about themselves, to be entirely honest, and if they don't stop, at that point, you can say, hey, you know what? I don't really see the point in doing this. It's the holidays, so um, let's, (laughs) like, I'm going to talk to some other people. If you want to continue this conversation, we can do so in some other format that's a little less charged, but... Like I, I just I I really don't like to entertain things beyond a certain point because you're not going to convert everybody, and I right. I think another no. forewarning is that it's also not wise to show up and start preaching that everybody needs to go gluten free because <laughs> exactly. gluten some devil and you get up on a soapbox and. Like, no one wants to hear that, whether it's about sugar or it's about trans fats or right. it's about politics so or religion. So, you know, I oftentimes, I used to be in that mindset, everybody has to do what I do because I feel so great. And you know what? We're all different. My husband can eat gluten and doesn't have any issues with it. And there right, are right. people, there have been studies done that, ir- that regardless of whether... And it does. Gluten, for sure. They've done studies. Um, I have one that was done uh, in 2015 with, actually, Dr. Fizzano that shows that any person who ingests gluten, um, it causes gut permeability, so leaky gut in any person. But here's the thing. It's, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden, because you eat gluten, you're going to have gluten sensitivity. Some people it may be their genetics, it may be that they haven't, like they're just better conditioned to dealing with stress, any number of things, we're all individual. They might not react in the same way. So while they have these moments of increased gut permeability, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden they're going to end up with food sensitivities. Whereas somebody with, like, say, celiac or gluten sensitivity to a point where now all of a sudden gluten's a problem, and then dairy becomes a problem or eggs or any other number of things where you've got this... um, leaky gut happening all the time. Now you've got these salts that you have to deal with through food proteins that are entering the body. That's a different story. So everybody's in a different place and it's not really fair to say everybody's got to do what I do I if I want people to be respectful of my diet, I have to be respectful of their choices There's. as well. Mm, yeah.
0: That's so true. That is so true. Yeah. And sometimes, don't you think, and Jennifer, I mean, you are the gluten-free guru, but don't you think sometimes you're just a seed planter? Like for some people it takes them a while to actually cultivate the whole idea of being gluten-free, but it's like your little birdie on their shoulder going, yeah, but now you don't feel well after you eat that. Or now you, you know, and they, they constantly will think about, well, you know, I mean, I'm sure your cousin, there are times that he eats something and then he'll be like, gosh, you know, I don't feel good. Well, I wonder if, you know, just from the conversations that you've had. So sometimes you are you are the seed planter of of that idea that's going to take them some time to actually wrap their head around. I don't know.
1: True. And sometimes, you know, in holding this, I say this, um, it's not in like a woo-woo any type of way, but like in holding a space for other people and realizing that, you know, look, I'm going to eat a certain way that works for me, and I'm going to be respectful of you, of your choices. So if you want to eat junk food, and that's how you want to roll in life, that's cool. I respect that. I wouldn't make those same choices for a, a myriad of reasons, but... Right. Whatever you feel is right for you is right for you, fine. And just go, but if you are, it, the funny thing is that I have people who have been friends or high school classmates or family members who after two or three years, and it might not even just be about gluten, they'll come to me and pull me aside and be like, you know, I know that you had issues. You've mentioned it a few times, and I've seen stuff on Facebook, and I really haven't been feeling well, and I don't know who else to talk to. So, you know, it may not be about gluten per se. Like it could be that the person has developed diabetes or any number of things, or they're just interested. Like I got a lot of friends who have autoimmune diseases that'll start asking me questions. Now that's always important to remember is that like when a person is ready, they'll come to talk to you. You can't force everybody to be on your timetable and to accept what you've done. And that's okay. Because the reality is I had to hit a, quote, rock bottom, right? That was my right. rock bottom, sitting there with a hamburger, looking at myself in the mirror and going, like, what am I doing? I feel horrible. I look horrible. Why am I not feeling like I should at 27? And. Right. Everybody has to have their moment, unfortunately. It's why, like, for example, when I work with clients or somebody approaches me, and even front with friends, I will tell them. They'll be like, oh, I want to ask you these questions. Can you help me with my diet, blah, blah, blah. I'll say, okay, sure. Here's my form. Fill it out. You get back to me about when you want to, um, set, you know, set up time but I'm not going to chase you down just so you know and I'm not going to remind you and they're like, "Really?" I'm like, "No, it's not my responsibility. If you want to do this, I'm here." Right. But I'm not going to hound you because if I have to hound you,
2: I can you're give you ready. all
1: I could give you all the right. I could give you all the advice in the world, but when you go home into your kitchen, you're not going to do anything. And that's a right. waste of both of our time and our energy and especially right. if you're paying for it, it's a waste of your money. So all of us have to find that point where we look in the mirror and we say, I've had enough. But I do do want to say, right, I do want to say this as a moment of hope, because I think for some people, that's a scary place to think, like, hit rock bottom with my health. (laughs) It doesn't mean that you're going to be on your deathbed. And it doesn't mean that you're stuck. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're stuck the way that you will feel for the, you're at the rest of your life. I am a firm believer that if you believe um, that you want to make a change and you put all of your energy and focus into that, whatever change may be, whether it's giving up gluten or getting into some sort of fitness routine or any number of things, you can do that. But you have to be committed to that. And, like, my husband lost his job. I was really sick. I had adrenal fatigue. I had all this gluten stuff going on and all sorts of this. Like a year after I went gluten-free, and I had to go to functional doctors and pay for all the supplements and the testing. And I'm sure you ladies know and listeners will know that it gets a lot expensive. But I found a way to make it work, and that was how my book, The Savvy Gluten-Free Shopper, came about was because I found all these tips and tricks and stuff to save money. I was still eating really well, but we stopped throwing out so much food that went bad. I got smarter about how to shop at the grocery store. And clients who I would tell these things to was like, could you please compile this into one resource to make it easier for me? And that's how the book happened. It wasn't something that, like, I just got this novel idea one day and, like, paid somebody to go put together – that was, that was the result of a challenge in my life. And if I can do that, anyone can do that. It's, it's about having that belief in yourself that you can find a solution because a problem in life is just a solution that you have not found yet. And that's all it is. Every problem is You know, possible. I think
0: that's, that's probably one of the biggest things, uh, to just be absolutely honest. That's probably the biggest reason that I haven't gone gluten-free because I've got four children. I have mm-hmm. a busy work schedule that I travel a lot. And it to me it's just, you know, I try to eat gluten-free, but then what happens is I don't eat enough. And then, I, then you know, uh, having trouble with blood sugars, then my blood sugar drops too low. So for me it's just getting a good schedule, pattern, you know, foods that I can choose, you know what I'm saying? And ha- be prepared. Mm-hmm. That's that's the key thing right there. I'm just not prepared and I don't have a plan, if that makes any sense. And right. then it just oh, all breaks loose. And then I'm like, oh, right. it's so disappointing too. I'm constantly frustrated and disappointed with myself. I mean, Dana and I laugh about it because we go back and forth because, you know, her living in completely glutenized Costa Rica, which most people don't you know, when you think about Costa Rica, you think, or at least I did anyways, grass-fed beef and fresh foods. And, oh, my God, they're like the box food, glutenized, yeah. Capital. sugarized yeah. country. It's unbelievable. So, I mean, we both struggle a lot with really being intentional about being gluten-free. It's not that we don't want to, you know, whether you call it, you know, we're just not disciplined or have a plan. But that's the hardest thing for me, honestly.
1: It is for most people um I just had a client yesterday that told me the same exact thing and she actually doesn't she doesn't work she they they just moved she moved from California to close to where I live and she's like I don't work and I can't I just end up going to like the salad bar at a convenience place at lunch like I just can't figure it out. And so we sat down yesterday and we hashed out, all right, here's what you're going to do for breakfast. Here's what you're going to do for lunch. And we're going to start there. And then the next time we talk, we're going to work on dinner. And that's what it is. It's the baby steps of saying, of not, not just being prepared, but like how do you make the easy swaps so that it becomes a routine that becomes easy um, and knowing what you can and can't eat. And that's where, um, like, I see so many people that I know are, like, struggling two years, four years, five years, ten years into, like, being gluten-free. And I'm like, that's a really long time to allow your gut <laughs> to remain leaky. Like, well, you're not right, going to get right. better by doing, it glu- like, gluten sort of. You're only going to get better by doing gluten-free, Sure. right tom o'brien he,
0: tells a ton of information on that just even small amounts and you just get whacked backwards you know i mean right he, we both of well us the are other like, thing oh, is it's my. so
2: stressful <laughs> it would be so my stressful Christ. to be fighting the fight of trying to be gluten-free for that long i've i'm pretty i would have to say i'm 99 percent successful there are things that sneak in like sauces that i forget to check um, but for the most part, my daughter is the reason that I'm more diligent about being gluten-free because she has serious sinus issues when she has gluten. I can tell you when she's even had four um, of those little kid goldfish in an afternoon because she'll go yeah. to go to bed and her post-nasal drip's so bad she's just coughing and gagging and she can't breathe and she'll be like, mom, I had goldfish today, I'm sorry, and yeah. so we really had to be diligent in what she's seven, you know, what she can get a hold of. We want to go do picnics and activities, and we traveled to Vermont, and we traveled to Florida. And so we have had to learn. But once we got in that pattern of this is the kind of food we can eat, these are the kind of restaurants that offer what we can have, where do they, you know, you had to do a little digging in the beginning. But once you got that pattern down, it made it so easy. We just stuck with the pattern that we had created. And sometimes, you know, a restaurant closes in our favorite town, and we might have to stop and sit in the car for a minute and Google search it and find something else that might replace it for that afternoon, especially if we're traveling to another state. But for the most part, once you switch over, if you just stick with it, and, and the, the only hard thing we might have is cheating. Oh, that looks really good. And, you no, know, I don't want to be that sick. But I, it would almost be harder for me to be almost gluten-free for 7 to 10 years and still feel yucky and be working so hard. At least I get right. the wellness of having completely switched over. Uh, I, I don't know that I would even try for that long because I'd still feel bad. You know, yeah. I, that would be that almost sounds harder to me than just switching.
1: I agree with you. And I. the only reason I know this is because I do surveys of the people that um, sign up for my newsletter at Gluten-Free School. And that's why I'm constantly looking at the stats of who is coming in because I want to make sure that the information that I'm sharing is always really valuable and on point. And it, it amazes me that there is a, a group of people that are really still struggling that for that long, and what my, my experience has taught me from working with clients is that when you go gluten-free, that, or if, if you're still on the fence about it or you're thinking about doing it, that's the perfect time to reach out for help, um, and I'll give you the best reason why. So I belong, I decided to join all these Facebook groups uh, that are like for gluten-free various things and they're big Facebook groups like they have like 35,000 people in them so I'm right. constantly getting my feed filled up with like posts from the, from people in that group which is fine because I've learned a lot to understand because I really didn't understand like why people are still getting sick all the time and why they're making like terrible right. choices and I, I do mean that terrible choices and I, I say that intentionally because you cannot piecemeal and figure this out. Like, I don't understand why one would spend, I don't know, 10 hours, 12 hours researching products online to figure out whether they're safe or not. Like, wouldn't it be like better to spend that energy just like trying to get it down pat after somebody tells you what to do? Like to me that I I just, I, I think about the massive amount of money that we waste um, trying to do things instead of saying, okay, well, I have limited amount of energy. What I want to do is have a person that I trust tell me what to do, and then I'm actually going to use that energy and time and money instead on making it happen and making it a reality. Right. So you stop with the trying and you actually focus on the doing, which is the hardest part for most people. And where I see this, like, which most concerns me, and I do, I do want to say this because I think it's important your listeners know, you can't be a gluten detective or a food detective and like look at products that are not marked gluten-free and go, oh, are these ingredients, is there gluten in these ingredients? I know it's not marked gluten-free, right. but does this look safe to you? I can't. I, I, almost want to write every single admin of all these Facebook pages and be like, can you please, can I put a warning up for, that you could post at the top that would not move to tell people never to ask <laughs> anyone else if there is gluten in a product, not marked gluten-free, first of all, none of us work for that food company. Number two, right. it is very highly likely that ingredients in and of themselves are contaminated. And the last time I checked, there are no neon flashing lights of gluten for you to see on a food product that's been contaminated. Right. Most food products are not made in dedicated gluten-free facilities because it increases their cost, number one, and number two, there's not that many of them in the country compared to the number of, um, they call them co-packers, that produce food products that you buy at the grocery store. For any number of reasons, it is so thoroughly unsafe for you to ever look at like like a woman posted up the other day, oh, I bought this saltwater taffy. We were at some shore, and uh, does this look safe? And I'm like, how do any oh, of us oh know <laughs> that, like, right. the person who handled the taffy hadn't handled t- other taffy that had cookie dough bits in it? Right. I don't know. Right. I hadn't right. had a burger. <laughs> you
2: know, and hadn't he, had a
1: burger for once. You know you just right don't know. and didn't properly wash their hands, any number exactly. of things, so you really can never be I know that like the age of food bait, everybody wants to like look at their things like, oh that's a yoga mat, that's a this, that's a thanks to food bait, but listen, the problem is you can't do that with gluten, so please oh. for anyone who's listening. Do not ever post up, and I'm saying this with love because it makes me so upset to see this. Do not post up pictures of food products that are not clearly labeled gluten-free and right. ask complete strangers to read the label or find hidden gluten for you in it. None of us have that information at right. all. And and I have no give food
0: detective.
1: No food detective, detective when it and
0: comes to No gluten. guessing. So no. how about
1: how about some tips that
0: and that's a great thing because so many people do that. What is what is Jennifer's tips on what to do instead <laughs> to find safe gluten free food? So the the, to find
1: safe, we've got no, the no to, food
0: detective, no guessing. Now we need Jennifer's deuce. We need to know what to, to do.
1: do. Um, so the first thing I would say is that. You need to know where gluten hides, number one. So gluten is primarily found in gra- certain grains, so wheat. And actually, I use the acronym just for easy things. Uh, browse, B-R-O-W-S, so barley, rye, oats that are contaminated, wheat, and spelt. Now, it's in other things, oh, and awesome. I have a very comprehensive list on my website. But if you just, if somebody just asks, like, what's gluten in? You could just like, browse, barley, rye, oats, right. wheat, and spelt. So oats are contaminated because of their processing and handling. You must, any time there are oats, you want to see that it says certified gluten-free oats. Okay, everybody got that? You cannot buy regular oats, ever.
0: Not that there's gluten in oats, but the cross-contamination is what gets that. Is that right? Yeah. Correct. So gluten-free is a mandatory must on any oats.
1: For any oats. Now, all the other stuff, Um, that any derivatives of them so like for example i mentioned barley well barley malt which is not barley itself it's a derivative of barley so barley malt which is used as a sweetener in like cereals that are wheat free that does not that's not gluten-free Thus, those cereals even though they're marked wheat free are not gluten-free so ideally when you're buying yeah when you're (laughs) buying When you're buying produce, like if you go into the produce aisle, pretty much everything there is going to be fine. When you buy loose items, and when I say loose items, I'm talking about more like beans, rice, nuts, stuff that would be bagged or is in like a bulk area, that kind of stuff must be labeled gluten-free. I know that like we make jokes, and a lot of people make jokes, oh, it's gluten-free water, it's gluten-free air, it's gluten-free whatever, but You don't know what else was sent down those lines. You don't know how that was handled, and that's the cross-contamination point. So you can't go into the grocery store and just buy, like, a 50-cent bag of dried beans, Goya beans, for example. Like, I flip them over, and it has a warning on the back that they may be contaminated with wheat. Right. So you can't. And actually, there's a study done by – I can't think of her name. I think it was Tricia Thompson. She's a registered dietitian. This is several years ago. They looked at the incidence of gluten found in naturally gluten-free grains, so like rice, quinoa, that kind of stuff. And 32% of all those grains are contaminated with gluten to a point that they're no longer gluten-free. That's why oh your gosh. bag of rice must say gluten-free.
0: So you're saying any, anything period yeah. so people who are going to be gluten free has yeah. to be labeled gluten free as a certification
1: yeah i mean because of the cross like,
0: contamination
1: right so so when i say that i'm not talking about like apples and that kind of stuff i'm talking about loose dried goods now that's why when you go and look at say a box of rice crackers And, oh, but it just says rice and water and salt and this and that and the other. Well, if it's not marked gluten-free, then you actually don't know if that rice flour came from contaminated rice. That's the problem.
2: Right. Right. So Ah. you Mm. want –
1: so number one, no bulk bins unless you walk into a grocery store that has dedicated, it's like a dedicated gluten-free grocery store, which there are very few in the U S you cannot use the bulk bins. So just pretend they don't exist. You must find companies or buy from companies that will provide you some sort of at least a gluten-free label. You could call them. If you're, if you have celiac disease, you really want to look for certified gluten-free but gluten-free at a minimum um, with any products when it comes to things like meat so if you go into the meat department if if you're going to do stuff like uh chicken or uh, ground beef that kind of stuff you're typically okay and you don't really need to worry so much it's more when you get into like the prepared meats like so prepared hamburgers prepared sausages hot dogs that kind of stuff where it went on a machine in order to like be and it's mixed with other stuff that's where you want to ask like and you want to look for that gluten-free label. There are gluten-free hot dogs. There are gluten-free sausages. Um, but, like, they can add breadcrumbs to hamburgers. They can add soy sauce to right. a lot of things. There are certain spices like curry powder, for example, notorious for having gluten in it because they'll add wheat to it. And um, so those are things that you want to keep in mind uh, with that. I generally, when it comes to a product, I'm looking for a gluten-free label. And if I'm, if I'm looking at the ingredients per se, and it doesn't, and I think it could be gluten-free, I'll go on their website. And see if, like, if I type in like the company name gluten free, see what comes up. It has to be on their website, not on a blogger's website. And I'll, I'll share in a moment. I really would like to share this information about sunscreen because I this is this will highlight that point. But I don't. I want to stick with. Don't topic worry. We're going to
0: We're going to hit topically applied products because that's I yeah. think a lot of people don't think about that. You know. Yeah. But, okay, go ahead.
1: And I'm like, and literally <laughs> I know this because i made phone calls on monday so this is stuff that's not even on my website yet i'm working on the article but like it's brand new and i'm i it shocked me so anyway the point is you can't trust bloggers i'm sorry you just can't they don't ask the right questions and and it's um, opinion and it's an opinion opinion. They, they do not work for the company You always want to go back to the company because the company ultimately is liable for what they put out. If it's not on the company's website, then call them. There's a phone number on the back of the packaging, and I'll stand in the grocery aisle, and I will call – you know, I'll call a company and be like, hey, so is your stuff okay? Is it gluten-free? Does it process on the same, you know, equipment? as other things with gluten? Are you in a gluten-free facility? Um, and so and the other thing I should add to this is that people may start to see products gluten-free, so they're marked or even certified gluten-free, and on the back it will say in the allergen warning, wheat believe
0: it or processor. not. Wow. No,
1: no, 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 no. It will say this product contains wheat, even though it is how certified can they, gluten-free. Jennifer,
0: how can they do that? How can so, they do that?
1: So it's funny. that. When they passed the gluten-free uh, labeling stuff, through, for at least in the United States with the FDA, and it is allowable in Europe, be, and the only reason I know this is because this has to do with Char, and Char is really big in Europe, and they obviously have a pretty big um, uh, following here in the United States, so a lot of times the product, they do things first in Europe, and then they'll bring them over to the U.S., right? So so back when they passed the labeling laws I actually read the entire FDA thing and did a podcast on it because I was a little alarmed at some of the allowances that the FDA was granting companies in order to label products gluten-free. And there are certain derivatives of wheat that are processed to a point where there's no detectable level of gluten in them. So one of them is wheat starch. And so um, Char had started using wheat starch in some of its products in Europe and found that the consistency, it improved the consistency of the product. And now they're adding it to certain of their product lines in the U.S. And so that's why they have to label wheat as an allergen because it's one of the top eight allergens. Gluten, by the way, because I get this question a lot, and I actually did a fantastic webinar with Joel Warrity of Enjoy Life Foods, where we talked all about the ins and outs of gluten-free labeling, how products are packaged and made, and what you have to know about allergens and gluten. We spent an hour talking about this, and um, I'm happy to share that link on YouTube with everybody if people want to watch it, and I highly encourage you to; it's You will learn a ton. Um, but they have to label wheat. They don't label gluten because gluten is just a protein. It's not considered one of the top eight allergens. And there is not, no such thing as a wheat allergy. According to the, at least the conventional medicine, the AMA, or whomever decides what an allergen is, um, it's wheat and things like peanuts, crustaceans, shellfish, fish, nuts, that kind of stuff, but not gluten. So that's why you would never see on a, a gluten allergy, right? So those are all things to keep in mind. I would absolutely tell you to call the company if you're unsure and always check products because unless it's a company that's dedicated to doing gluten free, it is very possible that, you know, maybe a year ago their products were made and they had no gluten in them, but they changed their formulation and now they're not checking the ingredients anymore. Um, I have a lot oh, of friends in the bad. food industry, right? And they'll but they'll tell you that. That's why they're not labeled gluten free, and so that's why that's why I have such a problem with people asking strangers for information right. that, that none of us have any access to. Like it's so risky you know, for eating I do- gluten.
0: I always tell people, particularly with essential oil education, I always tell people that are getting misinformation, no one is going to be accompanying you and your child to the emergency room um, based on this advice. So we could do that same thing with gluten, right? No one's going to be accompanying you to the potty or be, you know, when you're completely out cognitively or whatever, based on this advice. This is your accountability for yourself, you have to be certain of the information that's coming into you as being accurate. That is so important with everything in life. But, you know, to to put that in there that no one's going to be accompanying you to the potty or when you're up all night long hurting or when you're, you know, based on the advice that you're given.
1: Right, and right. Got to make, and gotta make sure thing... that it's
0: – right
1: the other thing I was going to say is to, you know, just to keep in mind is that when you ingest gluten, you cannot expect, like people are like, oh, I, when I get glutened, I have this specific response. Well, that's fair, but I don't know if people have noticed, it's like sometimes when I've gotten glutened, like I'll get a headache or, you know, it's like, I have this myriad of symptoms and like sometimes I get one, sometimes I get five. Sometimes I get right. two really strong or sometimes I get like barely anything. But I know like I found out later on that that had gluten in it. So you can't assume that just because you didn't react like you normally oh, yeah. expect to that you did not get gluten. And guess what, when you do ingest gluten, I like to go back to that study your gut becomes leaky and it doesn't stay leaky for like five minutes just like as the food passes through. You've caused a reaction to start and so the next time you eat a meal, you might not currently be sensitive to say something like asparagus but if you eat a lot of asparagus and you can keep eating foods that have gluten hidden in them because you're not being careful, you might find out in a few months, that all of a sudden, asparagus bothers you, and then oh, it's strawberries, and then oh it's lettuce, and then no oh, you're sensitive to to soy now, and then you're sensitive to this, and you're like, "Why am I getting all these sensitivities well you're eating food that is consistently preventing your gut from rehealing. Due to the very these like very simple but critical lifestyle factors, um, because of you know convenience, people want to keep eating the same things and they want it to be easy. Well, it is, but you got to f- follow certain rules. You know, just like we all have to know how to stop at a stop sign or stop at the traffic light. We know the green light means go. It's the same with this lifestyle as well.
2: I have when, noticed when I am when I am gluten free for a long period of time and I get gluten. But because I've been healing for so long and I have such a, a you know, let's say my damage is healed 70 or 80% that if I get gluten because I don't have celiac, is an autoimmune condition for me on my thyroid. Um, Not that gluten, not that uh, celiac isn't an autoimmune condition, but my condition isn't directly related to being gluten. It doesn't bother me as much. But if I keep doing it, I will go back to being, severely acting bipolar because then it starts to affect my thyroid. So I've noticed a lot of people that'll go gluten free for let's say a year and then like, oh I ate a burger and I was fine. See I'm I'm cured. And I'm like, no, you're you're healing and so your system isn't as reactive. But that does not mean now you just go back to making your intestinal system a sieve. You, you have And to Tom, Tom O'Brien spent our
0: whole interview talking about damage that's done from min, minuscule exposure. I mean, he, he yeah. just really laid it out there for people. They're like, oh, I can just have a little bit, you know. I mean, it was no. amazing the, the damage no. that's done from, from a small amount.
1: Well, so, and that, and, and that said, again, this is why I don't, I have a lot of friends that are bloggers, so I don't mean any disrespect. And anybody's a blogger, like I totally appreciate and love the fact that there are so many people willing to share their experiences. But um, one of my biggest concerns is the fact that there's a lack of due diligence done before blogs get posted. There's like this rush, like I got to post every day. I got to do all this stuff. So let me give an example. This is how how this ties into sunscreen because I think this is really important. We're headed into like the Fourth of July coming up in a couple of weeks. I know I've been outside in the sun, and everybody's like, "Oh, I got to put some sun some sun, sun sunscreen on," you know, especially if you're going to be out during like the highest points during the day. You just don't want to get burned. And um, so I. I had asked um, a colleague of mine to help me start putting together a list of, like, body care products. Uh, You know, I know what the stuff that's near me is okay, but I know it's not available for everyone all over the U.S. And I received an email from a very um, well-known person in the gluten-free wellness space about sunscreens. And I was like, oh, hey, check this out. I sent it to her. And she's like, oh, great. And then she got back to me and said, you know, um, this list was pulled verbatim off of a like a kind of like, like not-so-great blog from 2005. And I was like, really? Five? It's 2016. Like, that's 11 years old. And that's what got me a little concerned. So I, on Monday, I started calling the companies that were on that list. And most of the companies on that list are not gluten-free. They never wow. have been. So first of all, it's disturbing that, number one, we're going off of a list. And Marketing by the way, this is, finance, even, right? this is also posted. Some A lot of these companies are also on the Celiac Divas website. She has a sunscreen blog oh, that wow. like shows up in the search engine pretty high. And most, most of them are not gluten-free either. And, and i lauren lauren's a great gal, but like i don't know what happened if the product formulations changed i don 't know if like it's like she goes and calls companies. like I personally before I put anything up, I vet that because it's my name and if right. like if I told somebody that was to like that, oh this product's okay and they got really sick because it wasn 't gluten free and I didn't check, I feel really, really bad. so I started calling all these companies, and it turns out that a, with a lot of sunscreen. Well, they don't. Some of these bigger companies, while they don't necessarily add gluten to their particular products, they are not made in gluten-free facilities. And there are other companies' products that are run on those lines that do contain gluten. And they're like, we can't guarantee nor recommend that you use our product. And you might go, well, Jen, come on, sunscreen. Like, it's not like I'm guzzling sunscreen out at the beach. No, nobody is doing well, that. Why
0: though? If it's if but it's mixed sweat. though, Jennifer. Like, if it's mixed with. Even certain essential oils like peppermint or eucalyptus mm-hmm. or bergamot or even castor oil, it, it literally puts puts that on speed through the skin. Literally, it, it well, increases the absorption. So you do take in some, quite a bit. Sure, it's but, more than
1: but people the, would the other think. problem yeah. is that we sweat and that goes in your mouth. You have a very good chance of ingesting like anything. Like, if you're going to be gluten-free, and, like, this is always a debate with makeup about whether you should get all of gluten-free makeup or not. My thing is, look, step one is anything that goes on or near or in your mouth. So your mouth right. is, like, the main central point. Like, you, that has to be gluten-free. So if you're going to put sunscreen right. all over your face and you're going to sweat, there's a very good chance that that is going to end up in your mouth. Because p- women eat a lot of lipstick. We eat a lot of, like, any type of oh balm gosh, that we put on fun. our lips. And right. so that, especially if you have children, think about it like your kid comes running out of the, the, the ocean and they've got, like, water droplets and you can clearly see the sunscreen, like, dripping down their face right. and they're, like, wiping their face and wiping the back of their hands on their mouths and all sorts of stuff. Like, right. And you go and you handle your even food. Even apply it with your
0: hands. You can apply right. it with your hands and then grab an apple and you're still, Correct. you know, you're going to definitely have some residue that's going to that's make it Correct. in your mouth. It's a great point.
1: So that's, that's why, so I have like a couple here because people are like, well, wait, what am I supposed to do? What am I going to look for? Um, right. So a couple of companies, these were pretty great. So Nature's Gate, and I, by the way, I'll, I'll, I'll preface this with saying I am not paid by any of these companies to say any of this. This is just my own calling them, like personally calling them and emailing the companies, and I will actually have, I'm going to put up the complete list um, Maybe next week, maybe the week after, but it will be up on glutenfreeschool.com very, very soon because I do want to get this to people. So Nature's Gate, they told me, they've actually been in the process of certifying their entire line, their entire line of sunscreens gluten-free. And she said that they literally just got the certification letter. So even though their products right now do not say gluten-free or certified gluten-free, the new round of product, because they have to redesign the packaging with a, that new label on it, um, it will be on it. But she said all of their sunscreens are gluten-free. Um, Kiss My Face is really good about doing gluten-free stuff. So that's another company that you can look for. Um, I've never no, we're heard We're just of talking sunscreen, sure. right? We're just talking just sunscreen, sunscreen, correct? Yeah, okay, just, gotcha. just sunscreen. Then you've gotcha. got Vanny cream. I've never seen them before. They were on one person's random list, and I did go and check out their website, and everything is gluten-free. And then How another one, did, um, did V-A, Vanny? Vanny, V-A, N is in Nancy, I, cream.
0: Okay. Okay, just like it sounds. Gotcha.
1: Yep. And then you've got um, Loving Naturals. It's another sunscreen line. And then... This is for like babies and kids, but frankly, if it works for them, I don't know why it wouldn't work for adults as sunscreen. It is called California Baby and Kids, and they so they're very allergen conscious. So if you have other allergies, and, like that's a good thing to think about. Like if you've got allergies to other things, like soy or. Whatever, I never thought of that with, with uh, sunscreen, but they test all of their products to be free of gluten, soy, oats, dairy, and nuts with the exception of coconut. So that's a, that's a really good um, option. So those are the only ones out of – and, I mean, like I called Neutrogena. I actually spoke with them twice. Wow. Banana Boat, Hawaiian Tropic, Coppertone. Like, I mean, I call all these companies, big and small, And, like, out of the whole list, those five are the only ones that are safe.
2: Now, why on
1: earth these, why we are referencing a list that is 11 years old from some random person's website, I do not know. And it's also disturbing to me that this went out and the person who has a very large list, bigger, bigger person than me, why it went out on their list and it was just copied and pasted from a blog that's 11 years old.
0: I'll tell you, there's nothing that frustrates me worse the misinformation that goes out to large amounts of people.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's like, and and uh, that's why I you know that I,
0: all those people yeah. are taking that word at, you know, uh, like gospel, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, no, please, no. What just happened? <laughs> that's crazy. Well, I
1: think the thing that's important, like, I really actually live this life. Like, I'm not gluten free because I choose to be or I felt better. Like, I actually have serious health problems as a result of it. So, I understand what it's really like to need or require things that are safe for me. And so I would never put up something that I personally wouldn't put my name behind that I haven't looked into. Like even though I had someone help me develop the list, it wasn't that I was trying to micromanage her, but like I wanted to make sure that before I ever shared it, that I had confidence that what I was handed was okay and so for me that's a really big deal um because i will get sick i if i if i take advice that's questionable i will get sick and i i would not wish that upon another person so the information that i put up is um it's important to me that it's as correct as possible um because i just like everybody else listening i'm I have health issues. I'm a patient. I, you know, I got into this because I care and because I want to see everybody um figure it out. And right. so, you know, it's a it's a well, really big well. deal for me. You
0: don't want you don't want anybody to feel or to have the, you know, ill health that you had. You want them to avoid yeah. that. That's, yeah, that's absolutely. Um, So I would love to, and we could just talk to you all day, I mean, I could pick your brain all day, girl. But one thing I wanted to go back to, if you don't mind, is family gatherings. And do you have tips for people who really just take a beating from lunch with their friends or family gatherings? You know, any tips for people on, on what to do with that?
1: Yeah. One thing I would say is with friends, if you're a Friends. So those are, like, people you choose to associate yourself with. If your friends are making comments and saying things that make you feel bad, then you need to either have find your a, a heart, right, you need to find your friends. But I would say have a heart-to-heart conversation with them and and ask them what's going on that they feel because what they're doing is hurt, is hurting you and it's not being respectful of what you're doing for your house. So if they don't respect that and they're thereby feel it's okay to disrespect you, especially in front of other people, then you need to you need to say, hey like what's going on here? Like are you upset about something else? Like I can tell you for for a fact that if like your husband and I get this question a lot about people's husbands or the spouse um, your husband is like really quick. I need to see scientific proof that, you know, I'm. you need to have your own separate strainer. I mean, for real, like, you, like go out and spend the $3 and have a different strainer. Like that, if you're really going to make us think about something like that, it's not about the strainer. There's something else going on that you as a couple need to discuss, whether it's needs not being met or whatever. So with family, like going to family gatherings, I mean, there's some... I get it. There's some people, like, you can't avoid I mean, avoid did you like
0: start, this. Jennifer? Did you start by bringing your own dishes? Or how long did it take your family to really assimilate with the fact that, that Jennifer has food requirements here, you know, that we need to make sure are, are available? So, number one. Did it take one, them a while?
1: Yes and No. I don't see my extended family very often. So that was kind of helpful. And that might be the case. Like if you are, <laughs> if you're pretty new to this whole lifestyle, it might not be wise to throw yourself to the potential wolves at Thanksgiving or Christmas or <laughs> Passover or whatever. You might say, Hey, I'll stop by. Like it's okay. Okay. I know, like, that might, that might bug me, like, all this eat. tradition we're together. Just, like, gotcha. be like, hey, I've got some stuff going on that day, or we're going to our in-laws, or something like that, or we're just going to keep it low-key. We'll stop by later after you guys are done. You get to see people, but you don't have to necessarily have that conversation.
0: Dine with um, them. Right.
1: Right. Avoid the really food situation. Right. So if you have to, if you have to go, and you know for sure from talking to that person that they really don't get gluten free, if if they're like asking all sorts of questions and they just don't get it, I'm like, but you can have a little bit, right? They're gonna, they're they're gonna make mistakes. They're gonna put the the spoon that was in something with gluten in something else, and then and like, like either not think of it, think anything of it, or they're gonna be like, ah, a little bit's not gonna hurt. She's not gonna know. And that's not that's not fair to you. So if you feel like you got to bring your own food, you need to tell the person ahead of time and say, "Hey, listen, I feel," and I always try to put frame this in terms of like how I can make it easier on you because people are na- naturally selfish, and that's okay. So use it to your advantage <laughs> in this case and say, "Hey, listen, um, Grandma, I know you're super busy and you've got a lot of like." things that you love to do and right now this is new for me and i know it's really new for you and i don't want to throw a wrench in things so i'm going to make something for myself and bring it into tupperware and heat it up and then i'll just put it on a plate i wanted to let you know because i really don't want to stress you out and i don't want to make this more difficult for you and have to give you more things to think about like focus it all around them and a lot of times people like oh Wow, I really appreciate you being so considerate. And that can be a really good way to go. You need to have conversations ahead of time. Showing up and being like, I need to eat gluten free when you didn't prepare anybody for that, it's not gonna work. The other thing you can also do if you 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 know, like if somebody's absolutely they're like, You have to eat with us, you have to do with just like, all right, look, I'm gonna bring two dishes, like two or three dishes. Like I'd really I really want to pitch in. I want to bring two or three dishes. What what do you, what do you think I could make or or actually suggest? Hey, I have this fabulous salad or I have this incredible stuffing I'd love to share with everyone. So you make food that you're gonna want to eat, and that way, when it sh- when you show up, you you know take off the lids, grab your stuff first, because you can't go back for seconds. People are sl- people who don't understand like gl- being gluten free or food allergies. They don't get that like you can't mix the spoons. They don't understand that, and they're sloppy. So grab all the food that you want. Maybe if you think you want seconds, put some in a Tupperware container in the fridge, so you can pull it out and you eat what you brought. And that, that right. is what it is. And like, you don't need to necessarily tell anybody that like, hey, advertise it as, hey, this is gluten free. But right. that's Walking the with like, a mask
0: on, holding your plate. <laughs>
1: right. well, Set I mean, yourself the, up
0: as a, right, right. But you don't know, it's that.
1: amazing. Like when you don't tell people that things are gluten free, if you don't go out of your way to tell them that you'll notice that many people who have, like, a stigma that gluten-free is terrible or it's horrible or it tastes bad or any number of things, they'll be like, wow, this is really good. What is (laughs) That's
0: really good, right? (laughs) Because you didn't put
1: any – you didn't create any potential walls for them to dislike it ahead of time. And you just, like, left it there and it's, you know, a rice – I don't know, some sort of rice-based dish or something or other. And, like, when I cook, I don't cook gluten. I'm not – I'm not doing that. If my husband wants to eat pizza, he can go out and get pizza. You know, if I'm going to cater a friend's birthday party, all the food's going to be gluten-free. I don't, I'm not doing the whole, like, accommodating other people in that, in that circumstance. But, um, you know, the other thing, too, is if you really do need to be gluten-free, then ask to have it, the the meal at your house, Um, You know, like, it's really easy to do, like, gluten-free holidays are really easy to do at this point. Like, your turkey doesn't need to be stuffed, number one. If you can stuff it, there's plenty of gluten-free stuffings out there. You could use gluten-free bread instead. No one's really going to know the difference that it was gluten-free bread or regular bread. No, and most side dishes, like if you have like Brussels sprouts or green beans or salad, I mean, you can naturally gluten-free is pretty easy. You have sweet potatoes which or yams. It's very easy to do a gluten-free meal that no one will know was gluten-free. And I when people ask to bring things, you are very clear with suggestions. Oh, I want you to bring, you know, um this can like it's very important you follow my directions i really we need this particular brand of this cranberry sauce or i need these noodles from this company you know, be very clear, you know, even with barbecues now that are coming up, like you have to be careful with tortilla chips because some are multi-grain and they contain meat in them. So if, you know, like I'll bring my own tortilla chips or if I, if somebody demands, I have to, oh, let me bring the chips and salsa. Okay. Well you can get um, like from this company or this company or this company of their tortilla chips, but I know they're already gluten-free. So, you know, you just have to be a little bit more proactive and Take the, the, guessing, the guesswork out, out of, of the equation because most people are going to walk in, they're either going to buy what they already like or they're going to buy the cheapest thing that's on sale.
2: Right, right. Oh, yeah. Now, where would some hidden places for gluten issues be in your kitchen? Things to watch for. I know I was surprised at some of the things in my fridge like ketchup and soy sauce, but those are foods. What are some things that might have gluten, like you mentioned some makeups and we were discussing sunscreens, but other things that you might need to be aware of that are just something you would run across in the kitchen?
0: Hiding in your home, hiding, the hiding places.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, what I would say is uh, you've got to clean out your silverware drawer. A lot of your drawers, you don't realize crumbs fall into the drawers and contaminate all the silverware and the bakingware, like the spoons and things like that. So you do want to clean those out well. Um gluten free foods should always be stored above containing foods if you're in a mixed household, uh, because flour does and the dust does settle yeah. down. Oh, the same
2: goes talk. with the ref
1: yeah, the ref the same goes with the refrigerator. You should store anything that's gluten free on the top. And if you do have people that are buying gluten containing foods, those should be toward the bottom. Again, to avoid that settling issue. Um the other things I mean the Right, in the most obvious spot, like our pasta strainers and anything wooden or bamboo, uh, like cutting boards or uten like serving spoons that utensils. doesn't necessarily
0: clean thoroughly. Right, right, right,
1: right, because gluten doesn't is clean thoroughly.
0: like right.
1: Right. Gluten is microscopic. You don't right. know where it's, like it's not like I said, there's no fluorescent lights flashing to be like, oh, gluten's here. You you don't know. And <laughs> that would be a is, good thing to make, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> it would be if you could spray it and it illuminates. Wouldn't that be yellow. awesome? <laughs> but, um, yeah, and the other thing, too, is, like, if you're washing dishes, like, you got to be careful with the dish rags and the dish sponges and things, like, Usually clients that are really, really sensitive. Um, I mean, I just tell people, my husband and I, we just have a gluten-free home. Like, if he wants to eat gluten, he can eat as much of it as he wants outside of our house. Outside.
0: I was going to say, that sounded to me like that would just be, gee, almost impossible to to have a mixed household. That would be very tough, to be completely 100%, like, Comfortably, where you were assured that that there was no gluten hiding anywhere, this is so hard in a mixed household. Of Correct. Like that.
1: And the other the other problem too is like with condiments. You know, as soon as somebody puts the knife in the peanut butter, the shared peanut butter jar, and they wipe right. it across their um, bread, and then go back dipping in for more, that whole jar is contaminated. So you have to have two jars of condiments, and it's not even just the condiments that are jarred. Uh, you know, and this again. This is a good summer tip. You have to be careful of even the squeeze bottles because how many times do people? I mean, like, do you really have you ever watched anybody with a squeeze bottle like put on like ketchup or mustard onto their, <laughs> their hot dog? They usually put it right up to the bread. <laughs> on oh,
2: no. right, right, right.
1: They
0: right.
2: do. They I mean, touch
1: it, right? <laughs> and then yeah, and it right back it's into so the bottle.
2: Whatever was on the top of the yeah.
1: Uh-huh. So you you can't. It's just better it's just easier if you're just like we're going to do gluten free at home and by the way it is not it is not more expensive I, I understand like practically speaking if you just eat all food products it's more expensive but if you don't believe me like go on Amazon and look at my book The Savvy Gluten Free Shopper and I mean my husband and I made the one year I think like $22,000 So between the two of us it was not a lot of money and we were just fine. We ate well. There are ways to do it, and you don't have to DIY everything or be some, like, homesteading person in order to make it work. <laughs> you, a lot we of people just,
2: just used garden food. We started growing our own food, and we were canning it. So I know there's nothing in any of that food that I made. Right. And my husband's a hunter, and so – you know, we butchered venison and wild turkey, and for me, antibiotics You're amazing, in Melissa. food, methams. Well, <laughs> uh, genetically yeah, modified foods that. really make me sick too. <laughs> I get yeah. really sick on like corn that's genetically modified, but yet if I grow corn myself and it's from a hybrid seed, I'm fine. I mean, right. I have family that have severe reactions to genetically modified foods, so soy for us is just out. Um, so. Right. You know, they'll be like, how do you eat so, quote, unquote, well? Because they'll come over and we're having steaks and asparagus and and Brussels sprouts and Mm -hmm. beets and all this, like, whole food. And I'm like, I grew it in my yard. Um, But it's very cost effective. It costs almost nothing, especially once we had all our canning jars. I just reuse them every year. Um, right. And it's amazing. It's actually brought our grocery bill down. It's a little bit more effort in the summer, but then I eat it all winter long. So yeah, it's good for you. And have you're outside, expensive.
0: and you know what's in it, and and that's that's amazing. I applaud you. You're amazing, Melissa. I watch your posts, and I'm like, oh my gosh, how does she have the energy and the time for <laughs> but all But it's this? worth the effort
2: because we're it's not amazing. sick. Like what Jennifer right. was saying, you know, it's it's worth the effort. Well, Jennifer, we know that you
0: are super busy, and we have appreciated so very much the time that you have taken. You have an amazing, amazing Gluten-Free School page with so many resources on it. Would you mind just telling us what's on the horizon for you in Gluten-Free School? Anything up and coming? Well,
1: one of the cool things is that I'm headed into my final semester. I mean, I take this really seriously so much so that I decided to go back to school for a master's degree so that I'm in my final awesome. semester awesome. of a three yeah, 3 years of master's. So, in doing like gluten-free school full-time plus I go to a master's program full-time to learn about functional and integrative ways to help people get healthier. So that's something that I have on the horizon, and I have um, a lot of different webinars and all sorts of educational things um, that are coming up. I have a really great, um, like DIY, essentially like, on, do it on your own type course of like learning how to clean your life out of gluten, know where it hides, learn all the lifestyle stuff, because that's the hardest part is the lifestyle stuff. We can understand, and you don't necessarily need to understand all the sciencey things, um, but the lifestyle, the doing is where most people fail, and that's my, I think that's like my superpower, was being able to help people in a very practical sense, make the lifestyle happen um, without any judgment, um, and with the type of support that they need, so I have a really great course called Kick gluten for good that i um that i 've been working on and will be sharing um, later this year and um the Very other thing cool. too and i know I know that this is like a big deal for most people, but like the I do occasionally once in a while I do indulge in some gluten free bread, and I know that that 's a big question it's like i'm used to sandwiches what do i what can I do to like swap some things out? And um, I have this really great list of nine different options that some are homemade um, and paleo and some are store-bought that are, I would say, better quality and better tasting and such than, like, just some of the terrible brown rice breads that are out there. And um, if anyone's interested in getting that list, I'm, I'm happy to share that link with everybody.
0: That is your free gift, and we appreciate that. That is a free cheat sheet for the nine gluten-free breads, and that's a huge thing. Girl, I'll have to admit, hands up, my name is Tiffany, and I have serious issues with gotcha <laughs> sandwiches are my favorite food, so I'm going to be doing yeah. that right after I get off the phone. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a really great thing.
1: resource, and I, I get I get like thank you emails every time somebody signs up for it. And, and if anybody's curious, you can just go to eatbettergfbread.com, and you can download it there. That's a really nice resource. And there's tons of stuff. I have a podcast. Um, like I, my latest series has been all about how to be a better patient because I find a lot of times patients get the runaround. Um, I nice. worked for 10 years for my dad who's a, a physician and a surgeon. So I have extensive experience working in a medical office. So I know how to like be like, get get be effective and get yeah, what the answers mean, that you're right. looking for. Um, and so that whole series has been t- around that to help people be better patients and get better results faster. Um, and then I just have a ton of oh my gosh I have like we're over 80 podcasts at this point and it's been going on for a couple of years and I'm always adding new things. Like I said, the sunscreen blog, I I just have like tons of content that's up there already and we'll always be adding more in addition to like the recipes. And I love
0: the fact that you can find all of this, all of this information. It's such an amazingly packed website on the glutenfreeschool.com it's all right there like your format is super simple it's easy the way it's laid out of all the things that you can find on your site yeah. it's a very easy functional site you know sometimes it you see is. these websites you're know, like where am i supposed to go here and you know yours is really just here it is this is where you go to get that information it's very cool Absolutely.
1: And yeah, anybody that goes there to glutenfreeschool.com can check that out. And I have a Facebook page and all sorts of stuff. I'm all over social media. So feel free. And and actually to you, just so everybody knows, like if you hit reply, if you join my newsletter list and you hit reply and you write me, I actually write back. I don't have like a customer service person, um, respond. I, I personally answer all my emails and such. So, um, I really try to keep awesome. it a personal touch cause I think that's important. Um, cause I live this life just as much as everybody else does. And, um, I, you know, like I said, it's important to me that everything is accurate and up to date and, um, you know that we ha- we're able to have a conversation about this in a way that's that nobody feels bad or guilty about. You know, oh, I can't do it or I'm not sure how. Like, let's figure out a way. You know, because there's always right. a way. There's always a solution.
0: You need to have your your Jennifer Fugo shop shop button so that people know the things, the companies that you've called that that have actually verified. You know, skincare, cosmetics. Do you have a place? I don't see the the tab for that. Am I missing it or? Is that anything up and coming on, on Jennifer's thumbs-up gluten-free thing?
1: <laughs> I have different things in, in blogs that are up on the site. I've been always a little apprehensive um, for a number of reasons because I'm always afraid somebody changes. if somebody Someone changes change something. A and I right, always have to put a disclaimer, right. in, and there will be even be a disclaimer on the sunscreen thing. I've always been wary of giving specific company like I I know there's some companies like purely Elizabeth, for example, she's, she's gluten free, they do gluten free stuff. So there's some companies that are gluten free. But, um, you know, I just I always want to be cautious of that. I think it's more important that a person understand the type of tools and skills that I've learned, mm-hmm. like, as long as you kind of get it, then you can be the you'll, expert. You'll choose, you right? don't, yeah, right. you don't always need to rely on me in order to tell you what to do. I don't. I think people in life need to be self-sufficient. I love that.
0: So you I know, like that. I, That's I like I'm the a perfect firm, mom thing.
1: Make yeah, well, functional. I'm a firm Make believer. Your,
0: right.
1: I'm a firm believer in that phrase, like teach a man, to, you know, uh, what is it? Feed a man a fish. Um, give a man a fish for a day, for a day. teach a yeah. man to fish <laughs> eat for a lifetime. So for me, right, right. I am a big person of teaching people how to fish in this like gluten-free world or gluten-filled world, I should say, that we live in of how to be gluten-free. Because if you don't and you're just relying on all these strangers, right, to tell you if it's right. safe, there's no way you're going to be able to be compliant. There's, right. there's just That's not. Awesome. That is awesome. Well, we know that
0: you must be super, super busy. Jennifer, we appreciate so very much you taking the time with us this morning and, and giving people tips and helping them how to to be successfully gluten-free. And we hope that you have an amazing day. And uh, thank you again for taking the time with us. Oh, yeah, thank thank you, you so
1: much yeah thank you both so much and I really appreciate the time and I love sharing this stuff and i hope I hope I can come back sometime and we can dive into some other topics.
0: Oh, would love that would absolutely yeah. love that and next time Dana will be back with us, I just oh, uh, my goodness Yay. she is
2: she was so I'm disappointed sure she's missing she, this yeah uh terrible
0: <laughs> terrible all yeah. right well, Jennifer, thank you again, and we will have you back and um and we will let everybody know again where to find you and and, uh, and all the good stuff.
1: Okay. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a great rest of your day.
0: You, you too. Bye-bye now. She was amazing. That was so awesome. I'm telling you, I'm inspired. I'm going to do it, Melissa. I'm going to do well, it. Well, you should. And I'm, you know, it's Feel really medicine. important. And if, she knew, if she knew how important it, it it would just be, it would almost be silly that I haven't done it. I'm, I wouldn't call myself lazy, but it's just, I really have it's to daunting. be specific and create a plan. Yes, I do. And uh,
2: yeah, and I'm daunting.
0: inspired. I'm going to be flipping through her, her website. You can find Jennifer at glutenfreeschool.com. She's got recipes. She's got an amazing book. She's got podcasts. She's got everything set there for you to be successfully gluten-free. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You can also find her on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, YouTube. She is everywhere, which is great for for um, support and not forget the will free gift.
2: Stick with it,
0: right? Stick with it. That which is very important. She talked about the minuscule amounts causing big, big problems and skincare and sunscreen. And we'll be waiting for that. Imagine if you subscribe to her blog, she's going to blog about the sunscreens uh, that she yeah. called on. And that's just so scary, right? That you would not well, know I never that would certain think about people. It. I know, right? And she gave us amazing free gift, free cheat sheet for her favorite nine gluten-free breads, and you can go to uh, eatingbettergfbread.com. And a very, very big thank you to Jennifer for doing that. And as always, a super big thank you to everyone who listens to Thyroid Nation Radio. Uh, We hope that you do take the time to share your own Thyroid Thriver story uh, and journey with us at thyroidnation.com. Thyroid Thrivers, submit your story. The main thing is, is whether you're healed or not, it's the journey that helps other people walk along with you. And and there's so much information uh, that can be learned from your journey for other people. So please submit that Thriver uh,
2: story and be a light to to the path of other people. Yes, and uh, be sure to check out Thyroid Nation Essentials at thyroidnation.com. Enjoy products like Brain Awake Inhaler. I absolutely love mine. Uh, mist Me and Call Me Pretty Complexion Mist and Serum, Love Potion and Counting Sheep Massage Oils, Speak Your Truth, Roll On for thyroid and thyroid um, support, the botanical mists like I'm Your Everything and Flower Field Moments, definitely need to get that one, wonderful, clean, preservative, and synthetic-free skincare designed specifically with essential oils to help ease thyroid symptoms. You know, I think that was the first
0: show that we didn't have a a flower field moment. Like I mean it was a perpetual flower field moment. Like I I feel overwhelmingly inspired. I know, right?
2: (laughs) That's amazing. We have to go back and listen and
0: absorb. Well, she's just so packed. I mean she's she is and I love her passion. Like she's super passionate about the subject and so very informative and um yeah, just, a, just an amazing woman with an amazing journey and so much to offer everybody. Please make sure also to follow Thyroid Nation at ThyroidNation.com, on Facebook, uh, in our Hashis and Graves Facebook support group, uh, Thyroid Nation is on Twitter, Instagram, and of course, tune in weekly to Thyroid Nation Radio. We get such an amazing opportunity to interview so many people uh, with so much information that's helpful to Thyroid Thrivers like like Jennifer Fugo Who gave us all the gluten-free information And things to help us be successful On that journey
2: Yes, absolutely We want to also remind you all That wellness is a journey And it takes continual maintenance And evaluation Make sure to always listen to your own body And be mindful of what it's telling you This is Melissa Filling in for Dana today Hopefully she's feeling much better Thyroid Nation Thyroid um, our Thyroid Nation friend from Costa Rica.
0: <laughs> and Tiffany Milanich of Grateful Garden.
2: Bring the, we bring the collective voice of Thyroid Thrivers worldwide so that together, united, we heal. Thank you for joining us. And thank you, Melissa. Oh, Have you're most today. welcome.